I didn't think it would be this tough. <laughs> you know, I always saw it as something that physically taxing. I never really thought it would be mentally as well. And then I met people that I'm very thankful for. And you learn how to trust and you learn how to understand them a little bit more. And it's like, it helps me. It just helps me grow to be a better person without like having this intense desire of what I want. I would have already gone The goal for the Philippines at the Tokyo 2020 Olympics is simple, our first gold medal. And while the games are delayed due to coronavirus, the country's top athletes stay motivated to achieve their Olympic dreams. Hi, I'm Beatrice Gaw, and this is Targeting Tokyo, Stories of Filipino Olympic Hopefuls. Paul Volter E.J. Obiena is the first Filipino to qualify for the 2020 Olympics. In September 2019, he eclipsed the Olympic standard of 5.80 meters in a tournament in Chiari, Italy to earn a spot in the Tokyo Games. In an interview with Rappler after his qualification, EJ remembered how his body didn't seem primed for competing in that tournament. To be honest, I didn't want to compete that day because I waited nine hours in the airport because I was waiting for a, a pickup. I was basically hitching. Then the guy didn't arrive, so I can't hitch. Then basically I called the, the guy who's organizing the meet and they were like, oh, someone's going to arrive at 5 p.m. Then the guy also didn't arrive. Then I didn't have any ride going to the meet. Then when I arrived, it was already 11. Then I was really tired the next day. Then I kind of slept the whole morning ate lunch, then kind of felt myself just feel around. I was just like, just don't get injured today and just do what you can. But things turned out better than expected. Then competition went really smooth. I was really sharp. My technique was there. I was on point on that day. So I know I was capable of doing something good. But I took it one, one bar at a time. And when I set the bar at 81, I know it's going to be an Olympic standard. Yet everything just kind of changed. And I was even more in, in the zone. I was just praying to God when I planned that ball. Just don't touch the bar. Just don't touch the bar. Then when I finished my vault, um, I saw the bar was over and I kind of just avoided it. I was like, just don't touch it. Then when I landed in the bar state, I was like, yeah, I'm in. And I just felt really fulfillment. I was in heaven for a moment there. And I was really happy, like my childhood dream was finally coming through. Going through all that stuff before all those injuries, it kind of felt that I'm back, I'm back better. I kind of had redemption, uh, that's, that's the word, redemption for myself. And made the Filipino people proud and have their first Olympic qualifier. More than just seeing action in his first Olympics, EJ is already one of the world's best pole vaulters. He sees action in high-level tournaments across Europe and broke the Philippine indoor record thrice at the start of 2021. During that time, I was not really expecting much from me. I was just like, okay, this is an indoor season. Just, just get through with it because I didn't really know what I'm capable of doing at that period because it was like a rough, a series of rough weeks and really rough training sessions and then just a lot of mental issues as well. So after that first competition actually went, I mean, not really good. I jumped a new national record, but it was just a 62 considering everything. It was, it was really bad, bad performance for my part. And then I had uh, like a week from the next competition. Uh, and then I stayed with my girlfriend in Berlin. And then I started training just a little bit of, I think it was like 
the mental load was kind of lifted and I went to Berlin not really having any expectations because I already did the first competition. I was just like, okay, let's see what, what this goes. Like, what am I actually going to be able to do? And then I pop a 580 and, and won the competition. I was just like, okay. So I guess what we have worked for before is still there. I just need to kind of, I say, maximize it and dial it in. So basically after that, I had higher expectations like on how I want to perform. This is why he is a prime bet for a medal in Tokyo 2020. EJ was a pole vault prodigy. As the son of former Philippine pole vault record holder Emerson Obiena, EJ was exposed to the sport at a young age. His dad, who was also his first coach, ended his career with a personal best of 4.95 meters. EJ surpassed that in 2014. I was never really pressured. They didn't put pressure on me, but I myself put pressure on me because I kind of saw that this sport can actually open up doors that I, I can only imagine. And that kind of showed me that, hey, you, you got to focus a little bit, you got to drive a little bit, you got to work a little bit to, to be where you want to be. And if you want to open those doors and actually make it there, you need to work for it. True enough, that opened the door for EJ to start training with multi-titled coach Vitaly Petrov. I trained with him since 2014. The guy who introduced me to him is basically Sergei Bubka. So, you know, Bubka was trained by Vitaly as well. I didn't actually know that I would be training with Vitaly. I just know I'll be going here in Italy and I'll be training in one of the best coaches in the world. And who would have thought I would be training with him? You know, the coach that coached 35 world records. I didn't know that. So I was genuinely shocked when I entered the, the training center for the first time. And then I see this, uh, I describe him as an old guy walking around really energetic. And that's, that's how I kind of see him. And that's still him until now. Seven years since he moved to Formia, Italy, EJ sees Coach Vitaly as his second dad. He's the type of guy that gives you tough love. Like, and it's seriously like tough love. But at the end of the day, it's really coming from his heart. There are days that we train and I feel really hurt. I'm like, like not just physically sometimes. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, like, what? Like, come on, you know? But then when it comes to the point that you see that, okay, that skill that he actually gave you, you'll be able to use it in the field. Like, it's different. You start to understand that why he is tough in you in the training. You know, we always had the, like a, like an understanding. He said, like, my job as a coach is also to push you. And it's not just to give you what you want or to, to just train you. I need to push you emotionally, physically. That's part of my job so you can grow. And sometimes I forget that. And sometimes I also, that's why I said it's the second part. Sometimes we have like small fights, you know, here and there. Like, it's, I think we've been very close now, you know, like it's, difficult to kind of separate that and sometimes i forget that he's a coach first before anything else so he'll do everything in his power to make me the best athlete that i could be may that be pampering me or that would be killing me or pushing me down the soil like it's just part of his job and that's what i said it's tough love despite the hardship he faces on the field ej gains the right perspective in dealing with pain yeah, of course. He's always trying to make my life a little bit easier. Not inside the track, of course. <laughs> he makes everything a lot tough inside. He trains me to be as tough as I can be when I'm in the field. But outside of the field, of course, he's a really good mentor, not just a coach. I think as a mentor for, for how I approach things and 
the way he's coached a lot of multiple Olympic record holders and Olympians and just kind of see that experience and the way he kind of learned from it as well. It helps me a lot to kind of zone in again and kind of see things for, for the bigger picture. EJ trains with 2016 Rio Olympic gold medalist Thiago Braz. The Brazilian athlete currently holds the Olympic record of 6.03 meters. Even with the accolades and experiences Thiago has, he cares a lot about EJ. He's like an older brother to me. He really takes care of me. As a, I think he sees it that way as well. It's a different kind of respect I have for a guy like him because we're aiming both for the same thing and he's the defending Olympic champion. There's a lot of pressure on him, but I never feel like he's undermining me or he's trying to do something to kind of hinder my growth. So it's a different kind of respect. It was initially difficult for EJ to live alone in Europe. Thankfully, Thiago provided him a lot of support. As I said before, it's like it's difficult to find someone who fully understand what we're going through here. And that's someone I think would be Tiago actually, who would fully understand because he trains with the same coach. He's been through what I'm going through. You know, he has all these experiences. I ask him for, you know, advices and he gives one of the best. And sometimes these advices are something that you cannot buy with anything. It's not really something that you can just find in the street. It's something that only people who have trained with Vitaly and the people who have went through the things that he went through could actually understand. And I'm happy that I have him on my side and that we train together, we push each other. It, it's a weird kind of mix of just brotherhood and respect. In 2017, EJ suffered an ACL injury a day before leaving for the Kuala Lumpur Sea Games. It was a difficult time for EJ, but Thiago's experiences helped him get through it. When Thiago was vying for a 2016 Rio Olympics berth, he broke his hand in 2014. He took a leap of faith back in 2014 when he got injured. He was like, okay, I'm moving to Formula, just hoping that 2016 will be a good year for him. You know, so that, I mean, it kind of paid off. <laughs> so I think that was going to be the biggest advice when I got injured. I was like, okay, I was really pondering like, okay, should I continue? Should I not? And then... I think one of the biggest aspects that made me decide, okay, I'm going to take a leap of faith as well, is like Tiago because he, he took that leap and it paid off. I'm taking that leap, not hoping that it pays off, just know that I'm going to maximize everything. But it kind of gave me an example or kind of a blueprint of how he did his way going to that Golden Olympics. Aside from Tiago, EJ is also friends with Paul Volt Wonderkind. Armand Mondo Duplantis. At 21 years old, Mondo nailed the world record of 6.18 meters. EJ has had mad respect for him. It's always fun to compete with him. Sometimes you see him do stuff that you just like, what? He's just so good. And I think he's very, very good for, for the sport. First thing, he's breaking world records here and there, and he's performing at an incredible rate that's something that i think nobody has ever seen and like that was bubka level basically of dominance in the event but i have mad respect to the guy and i always kind of goof around with him it's just it's fun the way they kind of see the, the sport the way mondo actually kind of kind of understand the the meet i remember the first meet that we competed was in gothenburg in sweden and i was like i was having a, a tough time during the day i was like 
the track just feels weird. It doesn't feel flat. And then he actually starts to say, yeah, yeah, right. It doesn't feel flat. And everybody else was just like, it's flat. And we're like, dude, it's not flat. <laughs> so <laughs> we were, that, I think that was the first conversation we had. And then after that, we just kind of connected because we competed in Berlin. I traveled with him from, I think from Zurich to Berlin with his dad. And sometimes he just gives me pointers. Sometimes I check his mark. It's like, how do you say? It's like somehow we're competing each other, but we're kind of teammates kind of vibe, that kind of vibe. We're very competitive, at least for my side. I don't know if he sees me as a competitor. I mean, I, I see him as someone that competes at a very high level and I really want to compete at that level as well. Even though they are not on the same team, EJ and Mondo motivate each other. But there was one time EJ was misquoted in a published piece that pitted them against each other. In the end, the issue was resolved. There was like this article that came out that were kind of putting us against each other. So I was like, after, right after he broke the world record, I was like coming to him. I was like, why did you jump so high today? You know, it's like you're jumping very well. It's like, was it not my trash talk? It was like, I was just joking around. <laughs> it was funny. And he was like, oh yeah, you were talking a lot of trash. And <laughs> he just jumped. And it was like, it was just an inside joke. You know, it was really... It was funny. It was funny. You know, just that's that's how the vibe of both pole vaulters, I think, is. We're just really chill. Despite the tough competition, EJ still remains optimistic of winning an Olympic gold. Everybody who enters Olympics has that chance, and then everybody who's in the final has the equal opportunity to grab that gold as well. So I'm just happy that I'm given the opportunity and I'm maximizing this opportunity that's given to me come that day. So I just do the best that I can, the best that, that could provide me the best chances. Even after the Olympics, EJ has so many more goals to reach as he stays true to his love for pole vaulting. It's like a craft. It's like you keep doing it, but there's always something to try. There's always something to improve at. There's always something that that I can do to jump a little bit higher and the challenge of that, I like it. And just the fun of pole vaulting is it's different. Maybe I'm addicted to it as well. Maybe we, we might say that, but there's a, I think every pole vaulter would say to you, there's a different kind of art to taking every jump and like just feeling it. There's that sense of, okay, this feels better, but would this yield a little bit better in the height, height wise or performance wise? So that kind of beauty is something I think pole vaulting just gives me and that stable curiosity that it gives you as an athlete is it drives you makes you go day in day out and just keep trying new things hit the subscribe button and stay tuned for our next episode on the country's number one 3x3 player joshua munzon joshua will be joining the philippines 3x3 basketball team in the olympic qualifying tournament in graz austria as the country hopes to participate in the Sports Olympic debut. Again, I'm Beatrice Goh, and this is Targeting Tokyo, Stories of Filipino Olympic Hopefuls. Oh.